Okay, we are here. Oh, we are ready to go. I do thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio, Dave Therrien, going to kick off another week. Live broadcasting here on 1590 AM dial, 92.7 FM. New Hope Radio, Facebook, and don't forget, New Hope, the Hope Club podcast. We'll be holding, hosting these messages as well. Let me ask you. How do you see Jesus? Or how many ways do you see Jesus? How do you see yourself in a relationship with him? You ever think about that? You ever think about how you see yourself and maybe how he sees you in a relationship with him? We're going to talk about that today. Jesus attributed many labels to himself, you know. And why did he do that? It was to help us. To help us understand his nature. So we could learn about him in a deeper, more personal way. What are some of the things that he said about himself? He said he was the door. You want to get to God? <clears throat> Gotta walk through him. He was the bread of life. Want to be satisfied? Good to have him. He was the light of the world. Want to see where you're going? You got to walk with him. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to live, the truth about life and life itself. You know, all of these names depict a certain aspect of Jesus. But the one we're going to see today speaks of him in a very mm, personal way. Very personal. You know, the Lord wants to see you and he wants to relate to you in a very personal way. Ever think about that? He truly does. We're going to see today what makes Jesus the Good Shepherd. He even called himself the Good Shepherd. What made him the Good Shepherd? Let's kind of see what that's all about today. We're going to be in John chapter 10 and verse 11. And Jesus is speaking. And of course, he's speaking about what? Himself. Because he wants people to know him. He said, I am the Good Shepherd. Now, people understood shepherds in those days. They were all over the place. You know what they did? <laughs> they minded sheep. He says, I'm the good shepherd. Ah, oh, the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. Now, when Jesus called himself the good shepherd, the word good, it's the word kalos, K-A-L-O-S. And you know what that word means? Beautiful good. An observable good. It's a, it's a good that you can see. It's beauty. There's another word for good in the New Testament. That word is agathos. And that's more of an intrinsic good. In other words, a good on the inside. Where Jesus said in Luke 6, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. He's talking about, you could say like a good-natured person. A person has a good heart. That's agathos because he can't see the heart. 
But Jesus said in Matthew 5.16, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. There's the word kalos. Let them see your observable works. And what's the result? (laughs) Glorify your Father who's in heaven. Guess what, folks? You want to know what life is about for the Christian? Glorifying God. That's it. If you could sum up the Christian life into two words, it would be glorify God. That's what our life is about. Glorify God. So Jesus is saying, I am a beautiful shepherd. I'm observably good. When you look at the life of the Lord, you see goodness. So this good is observable because he demonstrates it. And then he said in verse 11, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. (laughs) That's the good shepherd. See, Palestinian shepherds might risk their life for their sheep, but they expect it to come through alive. You know, if they went to fight for the sheep, they expected to live, that they would be victorious. Jesus, he knew as the good shepherd, he was going to come out dead on the other side. Oh, he knew he'd rise again, but the point he's making is, listen, I'm going to die for you. Other shepherds, when they fight for the sheep, they, they hope to live. Jesus fought for the sheep, and he knew that he was going to die. Doreen's on board. She said, a good heart will be seen in good works to glorify God. Yeah, if the heart is good, the works will be good. If the heart's bad, the works will be bad. So shepherds put their lives on the line for the sheep. Wild beasts, thieves, they were a common threat to the fold. Remember David remarked how he defended the sheep from a lion and then a bear in 1 Samuel 13, I mean 17? He wanted to go fight Goliath, and King Saul said, No, man, you're too small. He said, Hey, I rescued a lamb from a lion's mouth. I rescued a lamb from a bear. I punched and knocked him out. I can take that giant. <laughs> he must have been a spunky little kid, you know that? A little red-headed, spunky little kid. So a real shepherd was really, they were born for the task. He was sent out as soon as he was old enough. That's why King David, he was just a young teenager. He was out watching the sheep when Samuel came looking for the next king of Israel. And you know what? To the shepherd, the sheep became, oh, his companions, his friends. He valued them as much as he valued himself. To him, shepherding wasn't a job. It was a calling. Other men who watched sheep who were not actual shepherds, they were called hirelings. And you know what Jesus said about them? He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, oh, he sees the wolf coming, and what does he do? He leaves the sheep (laughs) and he flees. And then the wolf snatches them and scatters them. See, a hireling is not going to put his life on the line for the sheep. But the true shepherd will. Oh, he'll fight for those sheep. He'll defend them to the end. He doesn't run out the back door. 
The hireling is only in it for the pay. When danger or threat strikes, he's gone. And he leaves the sheep. Jesus said he flees because he's a hired hand. And he's not concerned about the sheep. Wow. Would you want to put something you love or someone you love in the hands of someone that's not concerned about them? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So the hirelings, you know, you threaten them and they're gone. They're gone. So Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And then he said, and I know my own. And my own know me. Now he's getting personal. Oh, yeah. I know the sheep that belong to me. And you know the sheep that belong to me? They know me. Ask yourself, do you know Jesus today? There's a tight bond between the shepherd and the sheep. Why? He spent so much time with them. He fed them. He talked to them. He gave them what they needed. The little shepherd's pipe. He'd make a little flute and play for them. My uncle, I had an uncle, Uncle Leon. He had some sheep. He had a farm in Massachusetts. We all used to go up there when we were little. It was a blast seeing the farm. And he had some sheep. And when he called them, they came running to him. And he said, wow, that's pretty cool. And when they saw me, they ran away. <laughs> From They didn't want anything to do with me. I was a nobody to them. Just some nephew who didn't know and probably didn't want to know them. They didn't want to know me. They knew I didn't know them. They knew I wasn't their shepherd. They would flee from me, but they would run to my uncle because they loved him and he loved them. He said, you know, David, whenever he said that, I knew I was going to get a lesson. <laughs> you know, David, you see those sheep over there? Yep. He says, I only named one of them. I said, yeah. He said, yeah. I called that one and he comes and all the rest follow. I said, oh. He taught me another lesson one time. He said, you know, David? I said, oh, here it comes. <laughs> he said, because he's good animals. He had cows. He had a horse. He had chickens. He said, you know, I watched the animals. And before they lay down to go to sleep, they kneel down. He just kind of threw that out there. They kneel down before they lay down. And what I think he was getting at was, in their own way, they were praying to God. Not that they were praying to God, but you know what I'm saying? In their own way, maybe God built into them the, the position of prayer, maybe to teach us something. Because as humans, man, we're not too smart. We need to learn a lot when it comes to God. So Jesus, what he's saying is, yeah, he's the shepherd of the church. And the believers, we're the sheep. He also knows the danger that the church is in. Let me tell you something. You better build your faith right now because I don't think the future is going to be too bright for the church. I don't think so. I think, it's going to, I think things are going to get really difficult for Christians and for Christian churches. So you better build your faith right now. Because down the road, it's going to be different. Okay? So Jesus knows the church. He knows the danger that the church is in. It's always been under persecution somewhere. You know that. And if the church is in danger, guess what? 
you're in danger, and I'm in danger. Paul said, uh, before he left for Jerusalem in Acts chapter 20, he gave a warning. He said to the church in Miletus, verse 28, he said, be on God for yourselves, for all the flock. You know why? Well, the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Oh, I like that. Wait a minute. The church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, that means Jesus is God. Okay, we got that down. Then he said, And I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you. Not sparing the flock? Man, there's wolves. Wherever there's good, there's bad. Why is that? I don't know. He said, the wolves will come in. They're not going to spare the flock. And from, your, from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things. Why? To draw disciples away after them. See, there are some preachers, they want people to follow God. And then there are some preachers, they want people to follow them. And that makes us all ask ourselves, oh, who am I following? Am I following after God? Or am I following after the preacher? Is the preacher pointing me to God? Or is the preacher pointing me to him? Which one is it? And we have to ask that question. And then we have to make the determination. And even though this was written 2,000 years ago, guess what? This danger, it hasn't diminished. And it's not going to cease. Why? Because Satan, through his false teachers, and of course his false doctrines, he's drawing people away from the true faith. He does that. And like a wolf, devours them. Peter gave us a similar warning. He wrote to his readers, and you know the scripture probably, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be of sober spirit. In other words, what? Be awake. Wake up! Be alert. Be on the alert. See, not only be alert, be on the alert. Why? Because your adversary, your enemy, the devil. Oh, he prowls around like a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. You know, lions, they kind of creep. They don't want to make themselves known to the antelope. Sneaky. And when Peter said they're seeking someone to devour, you know what that word devour means? Drink down. Kind of wants to drink you down. To gulp entirely. Like when there's nothing left. You know, like on a hot day, and you're out working in the yard, and you're really thirsty, and you come in, you get a nice glass of maybe ice water or lemonade, and you just want to go, 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 go. You drink it down until there's nothing left. And you look at that and you go, ah, that was good. And Satan goes after weak believers, and he wants to drink them down, and he goes, ah, that was good. And that's his goal. Doreen said, as our good shepherd Jesus wants only what will prosper us, always out for our best interest. That's what the shepherd does. Didn't David write a psalm? 
Psalm 23, he talks about the shepherd, and he leads them beside still waters, and he lies down in green pastures, and he protects him. See, David understands the role of the shepherd because he was a shepherd, and he understands God's role in his life. And I want you to understand God's role in your life today, that he watches over you and loves you and cares for you. And he will fight for you. So there's a warning today, and here it is. Stay close to the sheep. Don't wander away. Don't do your own thing. I know there's a lot of Christians, you know, they can't find a church. And they do their own thing. Let me tell you something. If you can't find a church, you're not looking hard enough. You're not looking hard enough. There's churches everywhere. If you wander away, Satan will gulp you down. And you know what the real danger is? You might not even know it. How bad is it to be in a place and you think you're in a good place, but the reality is, oh, that's not a good place. It's a bad place. And you're wasting your life. Oh, you don't want to do that? Don't do that. So Jesus repeats himself, verse 14. I like it when he repeats himself. You know why? Because what he's saying is really important. He wants us to get it. I am, what? The good shepherd. And I know my own. And my own know me. How much do you know Jesus? You know how you can tell? How you relate to him in difficult times. In dark times. And challenging times. How do you relate to Jesus when it looks like life is working against you? Does your attitude change? Does it change from how you relate to him when everything's great and the sun's shining and the grass is green and the car's running good and everything's wonderful? And then when things start working against you, does your attitude change? Well, then you probably need to work on knowing Jesus a little more. And he said, even as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I laid down my life for the sheep. Tells me there's a plan here. There's an arrangement between God the Father and God the Son that Jesus, the good shepherd, would come and die for the sheep. And not only that, he's claiming equality with God. We saw that already, didn't we? You cannot deny the fact that Jesus is not equal with God. And if you're in a church that says Jesus is not equal with God, head for the hills. Run. Get out of there. You know why? It's not a church. It's not a church. If Jesus Christ is not divine, and you're in a place that's teaching he's not divine, you run for your life. Run. Because that's false doctrine. So the the first question to always ask, do you believe that Jesus Christ is co-equal with God the Father? That he is divine? That he is the creator of the world and the universe? If they say yes, okay, you're off to a good start. If they say no, say thank you very much. See you on the other side and head out the door. Get away as fast as you can. He said, I laid down my life. He does it. Why is he laying down his life? It's his sacrifice for all of our sins. 
So think about this now. You know, when you read the scriptures, when Jesus is talking, read it nice and slow. Absorb it. God himself, the creator, he gave his human life for you. How? Through the pain of the cross. This is what makes him the good shepherd. He didn't die for sheep. He died for people. And he did this, oh man, for every person in the world. Everyone. No one's left out. He did it for everyone. And then you know what Jesus said? Because he's got a Jewish audience. And he said in verse 16, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also. Oh, and they'll hear my voice and they'll become one flock with one shepherd. What's Jesus saying? That he's got other people that will follow him that are not Jewish. That there are Gentiles out there. And they're going to become part of his flock. Now, the Jews, uh, they didn't like that. They struggled with that because they believed, hey, they were God's chosen people, which they were, but they weren't supposed to keep God to themselves. They had a holy huddle with God, and they wanted the world to stay out. It's like, no, man, it doesn't work that way. Their job was to tell the people in the world about God. The Old Testament told them that they were to be a light to the nations, Isaiah 42. Verse 6, that you're a light to the nations. That's why you're chosen to bring the good news. Jesus was not the light of the Jews. He was the light of the world. He came for everybody. He said, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. In other words, not of this pen. Not of this sheepfold. I've got many other sheep. That's what he wanted them to understand. That's why the Great Commission... The Great Commission is to what? Go out into all the world, preach the gospel. Many folds, but one flock. Many churches, but one body. All churches are united because they all agree on what? Jesus Christ is God and he died for the sins of the world. The Holy Spirit makes us one. But if a church is, is opposed to the to Number one, the deity of Christ. Number two, the sacrifice of Christ for the atonement of sin. Well, then they're not really part of the fold. They're not part of the body of Christ. We are all united because we are in Christ. In Christ by faith. That unites us and makes us one. So can churches be different? Yeah. Can they have different styles of worship? Sure. Can they have different styles of preaching? Of course. But what makes them one? We're all in Christ. That's what makes us one. His voluntary death, one man calls it love's choice. Jesus said, for this reason, the Father loves me because I lay my life down and I take it up again. See, God the Father loved oh, Christ because he was so obedient. He was obedient to God the Father because he loved the Father. His amazing power. He said, no one has taken it away from me. Oh, I lay it down on my own authority. I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. Wow. So Jesus' sacrifice was a willing sacrifice. It was willing. 
So what's he saying? Number one, this last statement tells us a few things about Jesus. He lived in total obedience to God the Father. He was given a work to do and he did it. And when he was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. Secondly, he saw not just the cross, but the glory that goes with it. He knew he must die. Oh, but he also knew he'd rise again. Even the Old Testament told him in Psalm 16, For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, wonderful prophecy of Christ, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. He knew he was going to rise. Thirdly, his death was a voluntary act of love. Remember when Pilate questioned him? He said, why don't you answer me? Don't you know I can kill you? Jesus said, you have no authority over me. <laughs> Unless it's been given to you by my father. That's it. Pilate, you don't scare me. I'm in my father's care. There's nothing you can do to me. That's not an agreement with my father's will. I like that. Let me end with this little illustration. In World War I, there was a young French soldier. He was seriously wounded that his arm had to be amputated. The surgeon was grieved to have to remove the arm of a man who was so brave and manly. When the soldier awakened after the surgery, the doctor said, I'm sorry to have to tell you that you've lost your arm. Sir, said the lad, I did not lose it. I gave it for France. Jesus did not lose his life. He gave it for us. And when you live your life for God, you do not lose it. You give it. You give it for the sake of his kingdom. Think about that. You know, living for God, serving God, walking with God, it doesn't take away from your life. You know what it does? It adds to your life. That's what it does. You want to add to your life? Get with God. Get with God. So many people think, oh, God's going to take all these things away from me. No, he'll only take things away from you that are going to destroy you. And he's going to add so much good to you. Get with God. Watch the difference. Hey, let me remind you, the Hope Club, we're moving to YouTube February 2nd. Okay? Get over there. Get to the website, New Hope Radio. No, what is it? What is it? Is it New Hope Radio? No. New Hope CC.TV. That's the one. New Hope CC.TV. Click. Media. Radio. YouTube. Get on board. Anyway, I'm out of time. I'll see you tomorrow for more of New Hope Radio.